A locavore is a person who chooses to consume food that is grown, raised or produced locally. This is the Locavore Podcast, brought to you by White's IGA. Welcome to the Locavores Podcast. I'm Ros White and this is the podcast where we dig deep into the stories behind the hundreds of locally sourced, artisan, bespoke and innovative products available to you in one location at White's IGA on the Sunshine Coast. Our Locavore program was officially launched in 2013 to showcase and highlight to our customers where their food comes from and help connect them to the families and the people who create it. Sun Valley Fine Foods is a quality small goods factory based at Forest Glen on the Sunshine Coast. In 2016, David Sermon had a vision to find the best butchers and small goods makers to create the finest range of products by sourcing the best ingredients such as Australian free-range pork. One of those fine butchers is the award-winning Artie Vella, and his name may be very familiar to a lot of people on the Sunshine Coast. Artie is the head sales manager of Sun Valley Fine Foods, and Artie joins me now. Welcome, Artie. Hi, Ros. How are you? I'm great. So good to see yeah, you. Thanks for inviting me. It's brilliant to have you here. Thank you. You have such an interesting background yourself, your own personal story, and I just want to open that little door and talk about you, and then we'll talk more then about how your contribution and how you're influencing your experience and your expertise, how that's influencing on Sun Valley Fine Foods. You're a butcher by trade. Butcher by trade, actually since I was about 15, So, and I actually started with David's father as an apprentice wow. so in Namble. So I did 11 years there, actually, with their family butchers, so... Yeah, been butchering all my life on the Sunshine Coast and haven't got any sort of inklings to leave the coast either. I love it. It's yeah. a great place to be. We are very fortunate to live in this glorious, glorious region and for more reasons than one, there's too many to even... Too many to mention. Yeah, That's yeah. That's correct, yeah. So you're a butcher by trade, but you also... So you tra- you've been a butcher for 40-odd years. Yeah, butcher for 40-odd years. And also we did small goods when I was butchering as an apprentice too. So that's where I've got a bit of passion for food, yeah. butchering and also small goods. And obviously my background being European Maltese, that goes with the hand in hand. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So you had your own butcher shop at Namble for many had years. had my own butcher shop. I started actually... I had my own deli first. I left the Sermons Butcher Company and opened up a deli in the old Sands Shopping Centre way back. Marucci Sands. In Marucci Sands, Sands. yeah, yeah. So I had that for about three. Oh, I can't remember now, but I was 21. So working back then, yeah. So we had that for about three or four years. And that so was, was a great the, experience. what was the coast like in those days? So in a deli, what were you? What was you when we're comparing what a deli is I today? I was probably crazy doing it because at the time, delis and sort of the European backgrounds and, and food wasn't huge here on the coast. My probably biggest uh, clientele was the Germans and the Dutch. There yeah. wasn't many Italians or Maltese around at that time, but they taught me a lot of things and a lot of things about food and. That's probably where I got a lot of passion for food as well was through those guys. They used to just say, buy this, buy that and try this and some was good and some was just a failure. (laughs) But anyway, it was all good. We tried it and went from there. So that was a great experience actually. 
doing yeah. that. So, and your butcher shop in Nambour was Nambour? Nambour Plants and Meats, Then that's right. And then after the deli, we did purchase the butcher shop in Nambour and we were there for 13 years. So that was when the Nambour Plaza got revamped and we were right opposite Woolies. And that was another thing. Everyone said, you're crazy putting a butcher shop that size in front of Woolies. But uh, I had a vision of I knew it was going to work and I knew what I wanted to do and I bought passion of food into that place with all our gourmet meals and stuff like that. And I suppose we won a lot of awards back then for butchering and I was always told that I was always two or three years further in advance on what I was with all the other butchers. And we had butchers from all over Australia coming to see our shop and look at what we do and that sort of carried on from there. I remember your butcher shop and I reckon I was a customer then because that was before we got started in supermarkets yeah, right. and I was working in the bank and I'm pretty sure I'd go down to that little centre there and on a Thursday night because that was when, you, when you're when you busy working full time. That's it. After work, go and do your shop and yep. pop over to the butcher shop and and grab some beautiful yeah. beautiful. I mean, we, we sort of went on the banks of meals for 35, 40 minutes and we just went on that and that's where we grew our business. So. Mm. There's a lot of that real ready-to-go, mm. ready-to-cook-at-home, fresh, prepared, chef-prepared, beautiful product that local independent butchers that's are creating correct. now when yeah. they're really standing yeah. out, aren't they? Yeah. And it's fantastic to support your local butcher. It is. You gotta, it is. We can't lose our local butchers. No, they're we can't. very precious no, we to can't. us. No. So you have a clear passion for food. That's, yep, you've demonstrated that your whole life. Yep. And this is where probably a lot of people remember you is your little stint on My Kitchen Rules in 2010. That's correct. And you were labelled the Jolly Butchers. That's right. So did that make you love food more or, in contrast, did you walk away with bad taste in your mouth? Oh, I didn't leave bad taste in my mouth. It gave me a bit more of an insight on food and all that. But what it did, I suppose, was there was a lot of things in life that I wanted to do. And when I was an apprentice at Nambour, I always liked the small goods side of things. And that's where probably why now I'm involved heavily with Sun Valley Fine Foods. We create a lot of new small goods, new flavours, and I enjoy that part of food now as well, just producing a local good product with food good creation. ingredients. Yeah. Integrating all the new flavours because some yeah. of the flavours you offer through with your cabana, I think yeah. there's the chilli and there's honey. This, yeah, we've got or... a, a chilli cheese, we've got a chilli a pepper and cheese is the new one we do. We do a honey and garlic. So there's been a lot of trial and errors, but we perfected them and we make a product, we make sure it's right, and then we move on and then we make another one. So, so how much influence do you have over the preparation and the creation of those flavours at Sun Valley Fine Foods? Are, well, you, the, are you the main man? Do oh, you... I wouldn't say I'm the main man. David Sermon, the guy that owns the place, he's very good at what he does. But a lot of times, because I've got to sell it, I'll say, let's make this, we'll make this flavour. And he'll go, do you reckon you can sell it? I said, yeah. I said, as long as it's right, we can do it. And that's how we've built our business. When we first started, there was only him and I in 2016, and we never had one customer at all. We just built a factory and started from nothing. Wow, because you had a vision. We had a vision. Both of us had a vision of doing it. Who was um, your first customer? My first customer was an actual butcher shop 
in Rarana, actually, it was Patton's Meats. That was my first customer. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah, did you celebrate yeah. that? I bet you did. Yeah, yeah, it's quite ironic, actually. But yeah, so we just went from there. Now we went from nothing and we've got, oh, I think there's something about 180 probably accounts we've got on our books now. So Because you're distributing all over Queensland, yeah, aren't you? Yeah, we do. We distribute all over Queensland, down as down to Byron as well, and then hopefully looking into going to South Australia in about this time next year. Yeah. So, wow, that's a great story, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And all born here, grown here on the Sunshine yep, Coast. Yep. So, Artie, when you, you're in the factory and yep. you, where do you get your inspiration for maybe what a new flavour might be that you want to interweave into a salami or a, or a cabana or something? Oh, where does it. that, like, have you ever tried something and it's gone, oh, that wasn't, no, okay, we can't do that one? Yeah, we have made a few flavours and it hasn't gone right. So, but a lot of the times I listen to what people want as well. And we could be at a friend's place for just a barbecue and all that. And they'll say, oh, I like the pepper and cheese. Someone said, wouldn't it be nice if you had a like a peppery type cabana? And I thought, well, just a pepper cabana is pretty boring. And then we just decided let's put a cheese with it. And that's a flavour you don't see out there. Mm. So that's probably one of our last creations that we've done. We've got a couple other ones coming up shortly, but... A couple failed, but we won't talk about those ones. No, that's yeah, it. They're just but anyway, learnings. They're learning curves, yeah. And Artie, so what, you've got more than Cabana in your range. Yeah. You've got, you're, you have an extensive range that you're producing in, out of the factory at Forest Glen. Talk that's us correct. through some of the... Yeah. Okay, so we do your general hams and all that. We do a, a double smoked ham and all that. All our pigs that we get, all our pork and all that, it's all locally sourced. We get it from the South Burnet. That's probably the closest bigger farms that we've got for the volume that we need. So we do... So the South Burnet is only uh, two hours away, Two really, hours away, it? yeah, so a couple so hundred not, k's, yeah. yeah. So it's so. still within, well, very much Queensland, obviously, yeah, not Queensland, too far. So yeah, the, yeah. it's been raised in a beautiful environment. Yeah. And so your primary product, how important is it for that primary product to be raised in a natural, stress-free environment. How important is that to the overall quality of the product itself? That the, the Yeah. It's, so, it's a huge, huge thing. All the pigs, all our pork and all that that we get, it's they're all under a, a very low-stress farming. So they're lined up by the pool with a brolly and a cocktail. with a brolly and cocktails. Or a, mo- yeah, or a yeah, mocktail. A mocktail, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, we, or a pig that, that is a big thing for us when it comes to the animals and all that. We just make sure that it comes under a great environment for them and then it's just a stress-free. So, which also then that stems down into the quality of the product, of the meat and all that. How does it transform into a quality? Is it, is it the tenderness or the tenderness flavour? Tenderness and the flavour. Yeah, yeah. tenderness and the flavour is, is the huge thing, yeah. And that's where it comes out and that's when you notice a big difference. You can get these mass-produced things, and which we don't look at that at all. We just shy away from them. We just let the big companies do that. It does make a – probably the, in pork mainly, with when it's stress-free and all that, you get a sweeter flavour. Yeah, nice. So if you're starting off with a great product before we touch it, you're miles ahead. Yeah. yeah and yeah. you saw some of your product through – one of my old school buddies, don't yeah, you? Yeah, hey? Peter Gibbs, that's yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, from the Bigger yeah. Than Meatworks. Bigger Than Meatworks, yeah. So how's so, that for a connection, hey? It is a good connection, yeah. <laughs> uh, they're really good and they take very particular on what we want. We're pretty fussy on what we want as well. We've got 
a lot of specs we ask for and they will provide us with that all the time, yeah, so it's great. And your raw, your other raw product is the Australian free range, isn't it? That's correct, yeah. So all our free range pigs, they all come from Gundawindi. That's probably the closest and best farm at Gurrilee out. Now, we've actually, I've done a site visit to their farm and it's great. You go out there, it's, a, it's like a thousand acre property and they've got all the little fenced off areas. So they're little acre blocks. They've all got two mud pole ponds and they've got a couple of trees and they've got a shelter and all that. And there's only three three female pigs per acre, and then you get all the little piglets and they're just running everywhere wild, just around. It it is a great, great place to see and that is really a probably state-of-the-art free-range pork Happy as a pig in mud. Happy as a pig in mud. Or happy as a pig in Gundawindi. Yeah, yeah, Gundawindi. And they're all got mud ponds and all that, so it is, yeah, it's quite bizarre. It was interesting to see. So we get all our free-range from that. Farm, so and again, all the specs we ask for and all that is given to us, and so we are pretty fussy in what we want, and we will reject something if it's not right. So, yeah, yeah. and that's why you have a beautiful, a beautiful range of beautiful small range goods. Of, yeah, of, yeah, of small yeah. goods, and yeah. interesting. You bringing that influence through your love, your passion for food, understanding, and, and identifying and sourcing beautiful quality. Mm. Products and then using your inspiration and your passion for food to bring the, produce to a good produce product, great yeah. product. Do you cook at home? I do. I've got two daughters and they always nag me to cook dinner all the time. So yes. So going back to my kitchen rules, what was your most memorable dish on that? What was I your... suppose what put us was our first cook at my house actually, and we did a pork belly, twice cooked pork belly. I still remember Manu after the show and all that, and we we're talking. He's going. He said, I didn't think that you two could cook, but he said, that was the best crackling I've ever had in my life. And it was well, pretty, you yeah. Love that comment. Yeah, yeah. It How did that make you yeah, feel, Yeah, I brought a tear to my eye. I could tell you, it was pretty, pretty emotional, yeah. But uh, funny two guys they are, but yeah. But that was probably a memorable one. Yeah, and the one that probably also stuck there was a beef cheek as well. But the pork belly was probably what... We got known for, yeah. And how did you make it the best crackling in the oh, I think ever... I fluked it. Ah! <laughs> I'll admit that. I think I fluked Don't it. Don't say we all, that, Artie. All... skill, pure yeah, skill. Yeah, pure skill, yeah, because, yeah, it was just one of those things. It wasn't going right and then we just uh, put on turn the – Turn up the oven. Turn... I guess I'm a bit hit and miss with my crackling. Yeah. Sometimes I can turn it out yeah. and it's – Beautiful. Yeah. Other times, it's like, True, now I'm, yeah, gonna, I'm throwing yeah. it back in the oven again. Yeah. There's got so, to be a little secret there just, somehow. Probably the best thing is to make sure before you cook a, any pork, just leave it in the fridge uncovered for at least probably 12 hours if you can. Dry it if out. If it dried out, yeah. Get that skin as dry as you can. Yeah, that's probably one of the secrets. Yeah. Yeah. See, long and slow. And same with the beef cheek. Imagine yeah. that would be... Yeah. You're on set, my kitchen rules. Yep. You've got a beef cheek to cook. Yep. How many days like how many days of prep? How does this all work? Sorry. The magic of TV. <laughs> the magic of TV. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so do you still make any of those beautiful yeah, dishes? Yeah, I do. Now? Yeah, I still do. Love cooking, yeah. Yeah. I nice. I'll it. be over when? Friday night, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh, I love great. beef cheek. We have a beautiful region. We we're talking about that how amazing the Sunshine Coast region is in many ways, from its natural beauty. From the beaches, the ocean, the mountains, the people, it's an incredible place. But really the thing that's really super special about here, this beautiful Sunshine Coast, is 
the beautiful food that we have here that we grow and create. We do. We don't and... realise how lucky we are on the Sunshine Coast. We don't sort of, I don't know, what's the word? We don't grasp it enough. I don't think we take it for granted mm. here on the coast because we have got the beaches and like an hour or two hours away we got the best market gardens, we got the best fruit, we got mm. the best cattle properties, we got pigs, mm. we got so much that we've got to offer. Look at Bundaberg and all those areas. Basically, we're almost a whole one person mm. or whole one coast. Well, yeah, because the climate's good, the soil's yep. rich, and there's different parts of not so far away, like in the region where I grew up, where you've got that beautiful, rich, volcanic red yep. soil that you can grow anything. That's right. And then you've got beautiful grazing properties yep. and and a beautiful climate. So we are very food rich. It's And even Gatton, the food bowl, the yep, fruit, the vegetables, yeah. Stanthorpe, yep. the wines. And now yep. there's so many gin dist- uh, distilleries that are yep. popping up everywhere. Oh, they're everywhere. And it's just amazing. It's yeah. just so beautiful to embrace and support. Yeah. And then the collaborations. You right. see a lot of the local producers that collaborate and creating dishes and you know, injecting sort of flavours from yeah. the local yeah. agribusiness sector yeah. and coming together and creating but a combined flavour. When you think of it, we've got like Mullaney. Mullaney's got so many great dairies. We've got Mullaney dairies up there that produce the best cream and milk and all that. Mm. Then you've got Flaxton and all those areas, so great for avocados, macadamia nuts. Then you've got Gimpy, Karoi and all that. There's so many small crops mm. that up there that produce so much great yeah. produce for us. Yeah. And then you just go a little bit further, you've got Kingaroy, you've got... We've got the best citrus. We've got so much here in Queensland. It's such a a radius of 200 kilometres. We've got everything here. Everyone can be a locavore, can't they? That's it. They can be. So the pineapple, you have to put a pineapple, integrate a pineapple into your ham and pineapple cabana. Uh, That's the thing. Pineapples. uh, Can't do it. No, No. because of the acid. Uh, it just explodes. I've tried so many times to yeah. do a pineapple thing, yeah. Because that would be... That would yeah, be the good. acid just blows yeah. them up. I've uh, made so many failures. They'll have anyway, to grow an, a non-acid pineapple. Non-acid one, yeah. Yes. If I can do that, it would be great. Yeah. One thing that I really am really intrigued and really following strongly at the moment is I'd love to really amplify for our customers and our stores the Indigenous food flavours. Oh, okay, yeah. And that would be... Maybe that's something you could... We integrate yeah, into yeah, your lemon, lemon myrtle myrtles, and... your wattle, mm. your finger limes, all yeah. those things. Yeah, there's and the kumquat, the oh, I can never pronounce it. The kumquat? bush, tom- no, yeah. the bush tomato. There's another name for it. Yeah, but there's so many different flavors and spices. Native mm. pepper, native pepper's really good. It's yeah. it's really nice in the lemon myrtle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, beautiful and really good for you. And I think very nourishing and nurturing yeah. too, aren't they? Maybe we could it. do an infused ham yes. with lemon myrtle. Yes. Oh my gosh, go, go Artie. Oh, I'm wow. waiting. There you go. Look we'll at have that. it for See, our opening. That's for, how inspiration um, starts yeah, when you yeah. start talking to people like yourself yeah, just now, and yeah. I just go, huh. Yeah. Lemon myrtle ham. How would Beautiful. it go? Yeah, there All right. I'll, that'll be there on opening day at Forest Glen Forest Store. Forest Glen, right. <laughs> just around the corner yeah, from your factory. Yeah, You'll be able to just meters. fresh and local, just yeah. delivered. How's that? That's It'd be super, great. super. So Sun Valley has won many awards. We have um, won many awards. Over the years for ham, bacon, small goods. Tell, talk us through those. How do they work, Artie? Because where do you showcase your flavours and your products? Is it at the Royal Easter Show or the Brisbane Echo or yeah. what's the platform? Okay, so we end up winning in 2020 because nothing's really happened since COVID. So that was the last year. So 
we won Best Bacon in Australia. Now, okay. yeah, so that was through the Australian Meat Council. So basically how it all started, first we had to enter our bacon into their competition for the region, Sunshine Coast region. So we went up against all the other small goods makers and butchers here on the coast and we won our region. So then from the region we went to the Ecker and then you've got to win your state, so which we won the state. And then further down the year, we end up had to go against state versus all the other states. And that was a terrible, I remember that back that year. And we end up winning the best bacon in Australia for the Australian Meat Council. Wow, that's amazing. It was what a great, great yeah. That's yeah. absolutely fantastic. So at the moment we still hold it because they haven't that, had they haven't had another competition because of COVID, but I believe that they're gonna start again now. So There you go, folks. Best bacon yep. in Australia made here at on the Sunshine Coast, Coast at Forest Glen That's by Sun Valley Foods. Yep. And available at White's IGA. That's correct. Of course. Yep. What makes an award winning best in Australia bacon? What is it nitrate free or is it oh, we've got two lots, yep. yeah. We've got the nitrate free and you've got your normal just your normal bacon, yeah. Mm. So So what's is it going back to those stress free piggies, I'm sure. Yep. But That's is it, one of the what's yeah. one of the things? We take a lot of care. We still do all our bacon and ham the old-fashioned way where we cure it for a long period of time. A lot of the guys these days only cure for 24 hours. We still cure ours for at least five to six days and then we smoke it with wood smoke. There's no liquid smokes or preservatives through it and all that. So we do take a lot of care in how we do it. Going back to how both David and I were apprentices and obviously his father taught us and... David's a very good small goods craftsman. He's very good at what he does. He's kept the old school way of doing it, and that's probably why it does taste that little bit better. Because if you're, say, let's say we're talking about a beautiful piece of ham, so from the production, the initial raw production through to it being available on the shelves at at your local butcher or our stores, White's IGA, or any other stores right across Queensland. Yeah. The process, how long is the process? It's it, oh, Clearly it's fresh and from, it hasn't been stored. No, that's correct. So, so from when the pork comes to our factory and we process it, from the curing day to the cooked day and ready to send out to the IGAs and all that, it's probably a good 10, 11-day process. Yeah, see, that's, yeah. that's super fresh. Yeah. Because I think there's other ways of actually treating ham that isn't oh, yeah. that yeah. You can, isn't that fresh, isn't there? Yeah. So depending on the brand that you're buying, yeah. there can be some differences just how it's actually treated and stored, yeah. isn't it? So the standout from Sun Valley Fine Foods is that it's just freshly prepared with the best quality products. That's correct. And, and Australian pork. Yeah, and it's and be then it, and then it, it's delivered in a very short period of time, yeah. transported in the yeah. shortest amount of time yeah. as well. Yeah, because once you're curing it, you're actually preserving it and not preserving it in a bad way. You're naturally preserving it with a cure, which is salt and water. The thing with any small goods manufacturer in Australia, if they're Australian and they use Australian pork and all that, it's always going to be fresh. You get these your larger companies with where they're not using Australian pork, that is a process that they quickly go through because obviously the the raw material deteriorates quicker, so they need to put 
extra additives and all that to quicken the process. Yeah. And they use a lot of artificial flavourings and colourings. Yep. So, so yours is pure. Sorry, I'm not... No, uh, but, it's but it's interesting true. to yeah. understand I mean, the difference. Yeah, and and yeah. it's not about diminishing another product. It's mm. about just highlighting the difference yeah, yeah. between the t- mm. different types That's that are right. on the I mean, market. I think it's important to educate people yeah. they understand and yeah. they can I mean, recognise that artie. In Australia, we've got a lot of great small goods makers and companies, and there you go. I'm not just pushing myself. But there is a, gr- a lot of great guys out there, and they're doing a great job as well. Yeah, so, of course, absolutely. And they're pushing the Australian product all the way. Yeah, that's good. Artie, what's the best way when you get your ham home and you've sliced off some beautiful pieces and yeah. and had it maybe with your eggs for breakfast, or you might have put some on a pizza yeah. or a sandwich okay. or a salad? So. How do we take care of that ham and keep it at its optimum level of freshness at home and for how long is it fresh? Yeah, yeah. it's funny you say that. Like, Say like someone comes down and buys some Sun Valley ham at Whiteside GA, right? Best way to keep it is keep it in a plastic bag but leave the actual bag open so the air can get to it because hams are breathing – if it sounds doesn't sound right, but it it breathes. That sounds so, rather scary. Yeah, yeah it does sound scary. I saw yeah, my hand breathing. Yeah, yeah. But you need, me, you, you need to there. leave that bag open. If you put Glad wrap and all that, what you're doing is you're stopping any air getting to it, and that's when you're going to get your stickiness and all that. But if you leave it open, that bag open, that cool air can get in there, right? You're circulating that air all the time. Won't dry it out. It will dry a little bit out, but you're not actually damaging it. That's the best way to keep it. And then if you're going to get a, a ham off the bone at Christmas time, yes, the old-fashioned way of just with a tea towel that's just moist with a bit of vinegar over it. and All just right. So that's the key. That's the key. Or and get how... a handbag. And yep. if you keep it in the coldest part of the fridge, it'll keep for 10, 12 days, even longer. As long as you keep cleaning that tea towel or a ham cloth, yes. yeah, just keep that nice and clean. Change it just every change day it. or so. I just change it every couple of days, yeah. yeah. It'll keep for ages. Yeah. And then it's a love your leftovers, 101 ways to that's eat ham, it. isn't yeah, it? that's it. Yeah, you can do so much with it. Well, you can actually, yeah. even a beautiful quiche or yeah. a frittata or, or you if know. you really want to go, ham croquettes and all oh. that, yeah. There you go. Oh, That's an oldie, isn't it? My goodness. That's a 70s. That, yeah. yeah. I'm living in the 70s. 70s. Oh, that's awesome. So when David built this state-of-the-art factory yep. at Forest Glen, I'm sure there would have been a lot of innovation. Yep. Like where do you source the equipment? Where do you even start with it? And like how big is the factory, is it? Okay, so we started off back in Marana in 2016 with a 300-square-metre factory. Right, which is about the size of a convenience store, well, a large convenience yep, store. Basically, yep, yep, yep. So that's what for we started to off understand. with. Understand, yep. yep. And by 2018, we could see that we were outgrowing it real quickly. So we looked at factories and we looked at buildings and all that. And then we ended up finding this place at Forest Glen. So at the moment, it's probably a twelve. Probably about 1,500 square metres. Which is the size of my Forest Glen store. There you footprint, go. 1,500 square metres. Yeah, so there a good, you go. I've got a good understanding of what that represents. Yeah. That's quite, quite, a, big, big, that's yeah. quite a big space. Yeah. And back then, our vision was to do export to China at the time. So we looked at and we have built, and well, David has built, the factory to export standards. So we've got all separate rooms. All the butchers are in separate rooms, packing, 
our sausage manufacturing rooms, everything's being segregated and in different rooms to stop all your cross-contaminations and all that. So we've built it. It's a multi-million dollar factory. So export we haven't done nothing with because COVID come in and we thought we put on the back burner. But it is there ready to go. Vision for equipment and all that, we do have bought a lot of new equipment to make it easier for us just to help with production. David did some trips to Germany and that's where you get probably a lot of the best equipment for small goods manufacturing in Germany. Germany, they are good at what they do. So, and that's where that come from. But I suppose the vision was we knew what we wanted. We both know what we need mm. and uh, we're both on the same page, I suppose. So that makes it a lot easier too. So, Yeah. How many and, people are employed in the factory? Yeah. Okay. Well, back in 2016, as I said, there was just David and I, and then we got a small goods maker with us as well to help us. Now we went from three, now we're up to about 24. Wow. And we're actually getting another eight new employees very shortly at the end of August. Do you know that's huge growth it's huge in a short growth. amount yeah, of time? It's huge growth, yeah. And it's a testament to the beautiful, fresh quality mm. that you, the product that you're creating, yeah. it's popular. And that's how your brand grows when yeah. you've got a good quality product. Is, just getting it to the market, allowing yep. people to decide yep. for themselves, and then that demand. Yeah, we started off pretty quiet and humble, but now we've got people asking and we have people calling us or connecting with us on Facebook and that, asking where they can get our product because they've heard about it, they've tasted it at someone's house and all that. So mm-hmm. that's how we sort of grow in our business. We're pretty quiet. and we're, As I said, we're quite humble, mm-hmm. but um, just the name has sort of helped us along, yeah. So when you're doing a little shishuri platter or an antipasto platter at home, what would you be serving with a, a selection on the – what would complement some of the small goods um, okay. that you produce? We've got, we got a lot of – probably our small goods range of of your cabanas and your chorizos and all that. We also do a, neat, a black pudding for the English. So for oh. breakfast, yeah, not a fan of black pudding. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's not many things I don't eat, Artie, but, but oh my golly. Black pudding. One in Scotland once I is it haggis? Oh yeah, I can't do Oh haggis. my golly me. And oh, somebody go. served it up for breakfast. Yeah. And it was it was an incredible experience. We had this yeah. breakfast actually in Edinburgh Castle. It was an incredible experience. Yeah. And I'll and we had a for breakfast we had a Orange juice, a coffee, a champagne, and then a whiskey or a scotch. Oh, wow. Okay. And so I'd rather drink the whiskey or the scotch for breakfast and eat haggis because that was what was on the buffet. And I'm just going like, ooh, can't do that. That was one of the things that I said back in the early days when I said I tried some things and things, some were good and haggis was one of those ones. And I can eat certain offals, but I can't do haggis. <laughs> I don't know why. Poor old haggis. Yeah. So what's the future look like for Artie, Vella and Sun Valley Fine Foods? Future for myself and David at Sun Valley Fine Foods. It's fine Foods. That was a tongue tie, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. We've got some more growth that we want to do. We're looking at putting a fermenting room, which will mean that we can actually start making proper salamis the Italian way as well. So that's... What that is, is a salami the Italian way? Oh, you've got to have a proper fermenting room. So it's got to be climate controlled and all that. So because we do mainly smorgas and all that, we've actually got to build a special room to keep it away from everything so you don't get cross-contamination and bacteria. Can you please do that soon? Because yeah. that's really sounding exciting. Yeah, no, it is. It, it is. It's something that's almost there, actually, yeah. So the salumi, pastrami. Yeah. we do pastrami um, and all that. But So your salamis are a fermenting product. 
So you need a special climate control and all that room for that stuff, yeah. So that's a complete different small goods business again. So we'll be combining the two together, yeah. So we'll be able to do the two then, yeah. Oh, so I can't wait for that, Artie. Yeah, I can't wait. You've got yeah. to keep me up to date. Yeah. And I can be a pe- I could be your little guinea piggy. Our special, special guinea piggy. Taste tester. Yeah. Yep. Right, eh? <laughs> I'll bring some beautiful fresh bread that's Sounds. made by one of our local scratch bakeries. Artie, each and every time when I have a guest on, I always ask them about what their motto is in life because I believe that it, if you have a motto or something that sort of drives you, something that's embedded in you as a person and the thing that inspires you. So what is your motto? What has made Artie Vela the creative, successful person that you are? What's your motto? Yeah. What do you live by? Live every day as if it's going to be your last. And I always try and make sure that every day I've make someone smile because you don't know what they're going through in life. That's true. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And I think more than ever now where there's this deep sensitivity amongst people mm. because it's been really tough, hasn't it, for the, yeah. for a lot of people over yeah. the last two years yeah. has been tough in many ways at all different levels. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of people, a lot of people COVID treated them, not treated them, that's not the right word, it touched them in a different way, yeah, and it's changed the world. It has. Yeah. It has already. Like September 11. Yeah. yeah. You're right. I totally agree because whether we like to acknowledge that or not, that is the truth. Mm. Yeah. And it's not what and who and how we were reacting to things or experiencing two years ago or pre-2020 is a, a, a different world now. Oh, and it's yeah. a whole new reality. Yeah. And we have to adjust. We yeah. have to adjust as people yeah. to each other, yeah. to our new environment yeah. and accept it as the new reality yeah. and then work out how to evolve yeah. and adapt. I think it's probably touched more our elderly people because yeah. they realise that they're more vulnerable than, than us. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. there's a lot of vulnerability. There's a mm. lot of fragility still yeah. out there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I really love that mm. motto and be kind because you don't know what other people You don't know what be. other people are going through. And yeah. I'm sure you're always kind, Artie, because you're I try. a wonderful gentleman. And thank you for joining us thank today. Thank you, Ross. Thanks for having me. Cheers and all the best. And I'm waiting. I'll be waiting with bated breath for that lemon myrtle infused Ooh. ham and the fantastic salamis. The salamis will be good, yeah. The lemon oh. myrtle ham, that could be a go. <gasps> Let's go. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Artie. Thank you. A locavore is a person who chooses to consume food that is grown, raised or produced locally. This is the Locavore Podcast, brought to you by White's IGA.